Hello, this is Pastor Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode today, Truth for Tough Times. It's Complicated, Part 2, for Sunday, May 1st, 2022. Well, we welcome you aboard. We hope if you like what you hear, you will not only like the episode, but follow the podcast. And also share this episode with someone right from where you're listening. In the last episode, we saw the source of a value system that led to societal transformation through servant leadership with spiritual influence. And what was that value system? It was the Christian faith. It was the Christian faith that transformed the empire of Rome and formed Western civilization. However, we see that it's complicated many times to live out the Christian faith in very difficult times, a moral maze, a puzzle of principles. We're going to see today a little further how to uncomplicate it. It is it's complicated for sure, but how do we uncomplicate that? Well, let's take a look at 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 to 16. We're going to see what I would call the topic of who to be influenced by. Verse 11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. What things? The things that he had been talking about previous to this that were bad. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses." I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, uh, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. In the day of Pastor Timothy, who pastored the church in Ephesus, Paul had left him in charge there, the greatest political power of that day was Nero. Nero was a nut, and yet many were influenced by him. But we see here that the man of God, indeed all who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, are not to be influenced by someone like Nero. We are to be influenced by the very testimony and example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who stood for what was true, stood for the gospel, the good news, even before Pontius Pilate. 
You see, in that day, the Nero, or the Caesar rather, which was Nero, believed, or at least he wanted others to believe, if he didn't actually believe it himself, that he was the most powerful one in the universe. Well, that's not true. He's dead. Uh, that he was the king of kings and lord of lords. Well, again, he's been dead about 2,000 years. And that he was like a god, that he had immortality. Well, again, that's not true. He's been dead and gone 20 centuries. <laughs> only Jesus Christ qualifies as the only potentate, the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the only one who's conquered death, never to die again. And he is the only one dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. When everyone else around Timothy might go off the deep end and being influenced by the Caesar or by some other rich person of their day or some influential force within the church, some person who was leading them astray, Timothy was only to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? That is good advice. Who should we be influenced by? Only by Jesus Christ. He is the only one worthy of holding influence and sway over us. But then we look further in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we start in verses uh, 17, 18, and 19. We go there. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Well, this is how to use wealth God's way. As we saw last week in the first part of 1 Timothy 6, the questions of uh, power and influence, of wealth, of oppression and justice, and all the things related to that were very much at issue in the church in Ephesus. So Timothy was reminded, and we are too because we read this letter, that if we are considered among the wealthy in this world, that may be because God has blessed us. You didn't do that on your own, that's for sure. God gives you the next breath. God gives us the power to get wealth, right? But that doesn't mean we can use it however we want and think we're all that in a bag of chips. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. You know, you're not better than other people because you are blessed with wealth. And another thing, we're not to trust in uncertain riches. If you didn't know that, then you're beginning to learn about that right now as you watch Bitcoin and the stock market. Riches are uncertain. So, wow, Pastor Ed, if I can't trust in the riches of this world, where am I to put my trust? Well, 
Uh, that would be in the living God. <laughs> Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You know, if we've been blessed is because God has seen fit to bless us with some measure of, of uh, goods or money or however he's blessed us, but it doesn't stop with us. That is to flow through our hands to help others and also to advance the kingdom of God. Don't be like Scrooge McDuck. You know who I'm talking about. Don't be like that guy who worships gold. Use it. That's how to use wealth God's way in this world. Now, something else that we're to do, verse 18, that they do good. We are to do good with what God blesses us with. That they be rich in good works. Well, so should we ready to distribute, willing to communicate. You know, if we've been very blessed, we should be used by God at his direction to be a blessing to others. Now, if you do that, are you giving it all away? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> but that's actually scriptural. Look at verse 19. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. So when, when we use wealth God's way in this world, we're building up our eternal wealth in heaven. And it's not, again, it's not the idea that, oh boy, am I going to have a lot of gold in heaven? That's not what we're talking about here. It's that, it's that as you use wealth God's way, it is building true wealth for you in heaven that will never fade away. If you want to be, quote, one of the wealthiest people in heaven, you will use wealth God's way here on this earth to be used by him at his direction to advance his kingdom and be a blessing to others. And that way you will have eternal reward. You know, sometimes people ask when somebody wealthy dies, well, how much did he leave? He left it all. You don't take physical money or stocks and bonds or, you know, worldly wealth with you to heaven. You send it ahead while you're alive by using your wealth for the kingdom of God and the people of God. That's how you do it. All right. So we've seen a little bit about who to be influenced by and how to use wealth God's way. But let's close with the last two verses of 1 Timothy 6. And I want you to think about this. What kept Paul awake at night? What was on his heart? What concerned him? I think that he was concerned that even though, obviously, the church of the Lord would never fail, there will always be a true church. Even though that's true, sometimes perhaps with the Apostle Paul facing prison and possible execution at some point, what would happen with Timothy? How would the church that he pastored in Ephesus, how would it do? Maybe this kept Paul awake at night. And so we, we see these very strong urgings from Paul in verses 20 and 21. 
O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. You know, something of great value has been entrusted to Timothy, and Timothy is to guard that. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoiding profane and vain babblings. These are the false teachers and the things they would teach. And oppositions of science, that word means knowledge. And oppositions of science, falsely so-called. So this would be a knowledge which led people astray from the truth, which some professing, you know, instead of professing the word of God, they were professing profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science or a knowledge, a false knowledge, which led people astray, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. You know, there is a set body of biblical Christian doctrine. And by the way, when it said earlier that to fight the good fight of faith, in Greek it's fight the good fight of the faith. There is a, a known, definite uh, Christian theology. Let's, let's use that word. A, a set of doctrines that we are to know and follow and teach. And yet, because some got off the track with profane and vain babblings of false teaching and false teachers and oppositions of science, falsely so-called, a, a false knowledge or alleged knowledge apart from the word of God, which led people astray, with some professing of erred concerning the faith. So Timothy is urged to stand strong. And you know what he'll need? He'll need the grace of God, and Timothy wishes that for him, prays that for him right here. Grace be with thee, amen. You know, as I think about summing up what we've just heard here at the end of 1 Timothy 6, we need to be saved. And not only do we need to be saved, we need to be sold out to our Savior. And then third, we need to keep soldiering on with our Savior. But how long, Pastor Ed? It's getting hard out there until you die or he comes. Pretty simple. There is no quit point, no giving up point. Get saved, get sold out, and keep on soldiering on. You know, some of you do need to be saved. Now listen, I know that you profess to be a Christian, but come on, you and I both know in our hearts, you're not a Christian. You're just going through the motions. Or maybe you're starting to slowly realize that you're not sold out to anything because you're not even saved. How can you be serious about the Savior? Get saved, get sold out, and sold your own. I want you to call this phone number and someone will help you with this. Write this down. 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. I want you to know today that with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
You can know for certain how your eternity will turn out instead of continuing to follow Satan and being condemned with him to an eternal hell, you can start following today the Lord Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven with him. Some of you may want to go to chataboutjesus.com where someone will also help you with these spiritual questions. I remind you that Romans 3.23 says, For all is sin." and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I hope you will trust in Jesus today. Thanks for listening. Like this episode, follow this podcast, and share it with someone today. Tell them to look for Dr. Ed Hill podbean.com the home of this week in the word we'll see you on the next episode next week bye bye